You're listening to Matter of Pride, the comedy education for queers and allies with me, comedian Erin Twitchin. Each week, I take a different area of gay history and break down the basics. I do the Google so you don't have to. This week, we're covering Section 28 and the controversy over gay representations in schools via a quick tour of Katie Price's bibliography. If you want to support the show, you can be a bay and subscribe to the Patreon at forward slash Erin Twitchin or buy cute merch from my humbly titled website, www.iloveerin.co.uk. For more information on the issues covered in the show, there are links and resources in the show notes. As ever, the best way to support the show is to keep listening or by sharing on social media or leaving a review on iTunes. Let's get into it. In March 2019, crowds of parents gathered outside a primary school in central Birmingham. The angry, placard-carrying mob tapped their feet and welded signs reading, My child, my choice! Let kids be kids! Any pizza, any price, $6.99, collection only! Their concern was a school programme called No Outsiders, which was simply teaching that bullying was bad and no one should be feeling isolated. Oh. Included in that was a note that same-sex relationships were okay. They feared that sessions were age-inappropriate and would undermine parents' right to choose when their children are exposed to gay teaching. Exposed, yeah, that was the word that they used. Like homosexuality is a radioactive substance. Don't panic. Coming into contact with a gay will not cause you to develop a superpower, like the ability to colour coordinate or recite the lyrics to Madonna's Ray of Light. I guess it's important to recognise this is a broadly Muslim school. 98% Muslim, to be precise. The school is more Muslim than I am gay. Almost. They fear the programme promotes a gay and lesbian lifestyle. Which is exactly how it happens, actually. You switch on the TV to the wrong Ricky Martin video and BAM! Homo for life. To be very clear, No Outsiders is not a gay programme. In fact, they don't even use the word gay. It's five lessons a year covering a wide range of tolerance on age, disability, gender, marriage, pregnancy, race, religion, sex and sexual orientation. And it does all this just by reading and discussing stories of inclusivity. Stories featuring people from a diverse range of backgrounds doing normal daily things, like visiting the shops, falling in love or painting poorly designed protest placards. The book causing the most trouble was about two gay penguins who adopt a baby. I don't know, I guess the parents were very concerned that reading about two gay penguins might cause their children to grow up and become penguins. The protests were instigated and coordinated by Shaquille Afsar, a man who does not actually have children at the school, or indeed a particularly busy diary around the 8.45 and 3pm mark. Personally. I'd rather be watching Lorraine Kelly than protesting, but you do you, Shaquille. Imagine being a teacher at the school. This is an Ofsted outstanding school. Clearly, these are passionate and invested employees. They've done their job. Teachers don't get paid enough as it is without having people at the door with unimaginative slogans chanting out of tune while they try to break up another bout of British bulldog. The No Outsiders programme was designed by Andrew Moffat, the assistant head teacher at Parkfield School. Assistant head teacher. I mean, that's pretty high up. It's the Prince Charles of the school. 
the Angela Rayner of the Labour Party, the Mel B of the Spice Girls. Treatment of Mr Moffat, himself an out gay man, got so bad he had to have a dash cam fitted by police and escorted from school. Just for trying to teach compassion and tolerance. In a school full of people who themselves must have at some point experienced intolerance. Kind of shows you why the project was necessary, huh? Intervening at the gates, the Labour MP for the area, Roger Godsift, what a name, by the way, and also what a set of eyebrows. If you've got a minute, Google, because it's worth it. You just know with eyebrows like that, he hasn't had a facial or stood too close to a candle his entire life. If Nigel Farage had a Dorian Gray-style portrait, it would look like Roger Godsiff. Intervening at the gates, he told the protesters they had a just cause. He agreed the books were not age-appropriate, but also admitted he hadn't actually read them. You know, which is kind of an important thing when judging a book. So maybe Roger Godsiff, a 54-year-old career politician, can't read? Maybe suggesting these 20-page books with 155 words and mostly pictures are too difficult for children. Maybe it's best we just draw an apple in the sand and sit them in front of Peppa Pig for seven hours of the day. Better they grow up to be a pig than a homosexual. Because that is how it works, you know. You grow into whatever you read as a kid. I read Winnie the Pooh, which is why I wear ill-fitting crop tops and no pants. I just don't understand what is an age appropriate. It's not like we're teaching them about felching and latex. It's as basic as saying, some women marry other women. It's not deliberately sexualizing in any way, because some women do marry women. I mean, some little boys in that school may even have two mums. Or just one mum. Or no mums at all. How is it age inappropriate to describe family settings that children will be seeing every day? And the hypocrisy is we constantly sexualise and push heteronormative pairing onto children. How many times have you seen a toddler playing with a little girl and someone asks if that is his girlfriend? Frequently. I mean, we promote heterosexuality on children from birth, yet still people turn out gay. So I don't understand the fear it works the other way. MP Roger Godsiff is on film with the lead organiser stating... If I had the opportunity of rolling the clock back, I would do exactly the same thing. Because I think you have a just cause, and I regret the fact that it has been reciprocated by the head teacher. I will continue to try and fight your corner because you are right. Nothing more, nothing less, you're right. I mean, it's impossible to see how he feels. I mean, it makes sense. Of course, a politician will be angry about teaching kids reading and tolerance. With phrases like this, with such passion and clear understanding of what he means, it's hard not to draw comparisons between the restrictive teaching started in the late 80s in schools brought in by Section 28. Section 28 was an Act of Parliament enacted in May 1988, which is the gayest year of any century, 88. It's literally two fat ladies lying in bed next to each other. Gay. Obviously, the straightest year is 15 because it's a straight couple in beds. The five is a husband taking up all the space and the one is his wife. 
rolled to one side, pretending to have a headache. Section 28 was an amendment that banned local authorities from promoting the teaching and the acceptability of homosexuality as a pretended family relationship. In practice, this meant the closing of council-led support groups and the halting of any gay-focused education in school. Homophobic feelings towards the gay community had been growing through the 80s, in part fueled by the AIDS epidemic, which for a brief time was referred to as GRID, gay-related immune deficiency. In 1985, the Labour Party made a resolution to criminalise discrimination against LGBT people supported by the unions. I mean, nowadays, unions just sound like something you pay £12 a year for to receive a fancy badge, but back in the day, they were ruthless titans of the workplace. They could halt business and steer government. I know it feels like they just send strongly worded emails, but actually, uniting and fighting for a common goal is a powerful move. Much like the Power Rangers, we are always stronger as a team. Newspapers that strongly supported Section 28 included The Sun, The Daily Telegraph and The Daily Mail, which honestly seems like an own goal. The Daily Mail has a sidebar of shame, selling stories of Tanash in a bikini and Perry from Little Mix's new fringe. That is not being read by the heterosexual man of the world. It's being shared by gay men to their networks of straight single females. The last thing they want to be doing is alienating us. Margaret Thatcher, ever heard of her? Her 1987 Conservative Party campaign was issuing attack posters claiming that the Labour Party wanted brightly coloured and sexually explicit books promoting homosexuality taught in every school. I bet the posters were better designed than the Parkfield placards. I know, that's not the point, I should stop going on about it. But honestly, they were such shoddy artwork. There'd been no consideration for font or colour. I mean, pick a palette, create a brand, give hate a chance. Just like people with the No Outsiders programme, Margaret Thatcher's government were very scared of books. In the 80s, books were frightening things. They didn't have Facebook or Twitter, so had no idea how quickly fascism could spread. Much like the protesters at Parkfield School, They thought people checking out books from a library and then leisurely reading them over coffee would turn them gay. Instantly. Like Medusa's head, just seeing a homo could make you hard. In reality, banning something just makes it more exciting. For instance, in 1983, fan fiction site The Daily Mail began reporting on controversial book Jenny Lives with Eric and Martin. It's a picture book centering on a young girl who lives with her father and his male partner. In the name of research, I decided to find this book online. To buy from Amazon, used, cost £2,115.99 for 52 pages of black and white photos. You don't even see any knobs. My OnlyFans account dreams of that kind of traction. Jenny, Eric and Martin weren't even famous. They'd never had a scandal or been on Love Island. Just three ordinary people going about their business, buying bread and visiting laundrettes. For context, a signed photo of an arguably more famous Jenny, Wheel of Fortune star Jenny Powell, costs $11.95. And that comes in a frame with free postage. You could buy 176 Jenny Powells for one Jenny Eric Martin. 
If that is the power of Daily Mail reporting, and all you have to do is antagonise them, well then, I'll be releasing my new picture book, Airing Loose with European Migrants and Antifa, on Monday. Reading really is dangerous. That's why so many authors use pen names. Marianne Evans went by George Eliot, Theodore Geisel goes by Dr Seuss, and J.K. Rowling goes by Turf. With books being so powerful, it's probably surprising to discover that one of the most successful UK authors of the last 20 years is glamour model Katie Price, who follows the literary tradition of using a pen name. Hers is Ghostwriter. She has released 42 books, six of them autobiographies. It's amazing how much life one person can have. 25 of her publishings are children's books. 25. And there's not been one single protest at any of her book signings with parents worried that reading them will make children go up and become orange. After 13 years of protest, Section 28 was eventually repealed in Scotland on June 21st, 2000. The same week Kylie Minogue released Spinning Around. Now, I'm not saying Kylie made that happen, but there is a reason the gays have let her have five number one albums in five decades. England would drag its heels with the bill for a further two years, repealing the act in November 18th, 2002, a week after Kylie Minogue released Slow, her gayest video ever. Coincidence? I think not. As for No Outsiders, the Schoolgate's protest led to an indefinite suspension of the programme and a legal battle between the parent protest group and the school, the head teacher of which honourably stood by the programme. I found this story really upsetting. I spent 10 years living in Birmingham during this time and I loved it. It's a diverse city with more McDonald's than libraries and for the most part, people are genuinely tolerant. Birmingham's Chinatown and Gaytown are in the same place with a 24-hour gym in case you need a yoga mat to sleep on. It's all about fusion of communities. The words of these protesters are not the words of the Birmingham I know. Quoting from their own press release, they said, Morally, we do not accept homosexuality as a valid sexual relationship. It's not about being homophobic. We should choose when our children are exposed to homosexuality. It's just mad. They argue for tolerance, but imagine taking that sentence and changing the word homosexual to any other minority group. Muslim. Female. Black. We do not accept black as a valid sexual relationship. It's not about being racist. We should choose when our children are exposed to black. You wouldn't say that. It's clearly wrong. But with homosexuals and religion, their lines are always blurred. Which is odd, because do you know what gets me? There is more proof that gays exist than God. Like, hello, you're listening to one now. Statistically, 4% of the population are gay men. Although it feels like more because we're louder. Statistically, 0% of the population are God. We're gay people everywhere. And not just your hairdressers or your flight attendants or your wedding planners. We run all this now. We're in your banks, in your HR department. We're mechanics. Thanks to Legally Blonde and Ali McBeal, half of us are lawyers. Throw a banana in any Whole Foods store and it will hit a lesbian looking for a new hummus. 
we're inescapable. Yet no one has ever provided any categorical proof that God exists. Now, my God is Celine Dion. I'm not going to heaven. I'm going to Vegas, baby. Some say Celine Dion is not a God. She has performed no miracles. But I would say singing through a five octave range is pretty miraculous. My God won five Grammys. What has yours got? Now, I know this may sound facetious, but God and Celine Dion actually have a lot in common. Neither of them wrote their own material. And this is what it comes down to. Books are dangerous. The rules and founding statements of all major religions are interpretations. They were written thousands of years ago by people who weren't God. They were writing their understanding of what God said. And since then, they've been rewritten, transcribed over and over again, in different languages by different people. Effectively, they were ghostwritten. Holy ghostwriters. In a way, it's no better than the work of Katie Price. But I'm not going to live my life by her autobiography. Now, if this heathenous banter upsets you, I'm truly sorry, but people picketing on street corners saying they don't accept my love or even acknowledge the existence of my trans brothers and sisters, well, that upsets me. Surely the feelings of people alive living today is more important than scriptures written thousands of years ago. Children that will be alive in that very school, 4% of them, although it will feel like more because they'll take a starring role in the school play. What do you say to the five-year-old with two daddies or the young girl who will go on to fancy girls and spend her entire youth being told it's wrong? After a tedious legal battle, the court found in favour of the school. Mr Absol, chief prosecutor mediating the matter, found there was no specific LGBT content, especially not to gay sex, and that the reference was only about equality. The No Outsiders programme continues today. It's a registered charity and available for sessions in schools near you. The great irony is, whilst the protests were happening, while the programme was being suspended, elsewhere, it was winning awards. That same teacher, Andrew Moffat, that implemented it had just been nominated for an international teaching award. The only person in the UK that year to do so. He was made an MBE for campaigning against homophobia. If that isn't karmic justice, then, well, I don't know what is. Thank you, Celine Dion. Religion, like laws, evolves. We adjust our thinking as we meet new people and learn new things. We hope and aspire to it being more progressive. And we see that already. Even with Parkfield School, it wasn't all parents. Many were supportive. Many felt obliged to silently support for fear of ostracisation within the community. Others were just misguided by misinformation. 20 years ago, Section 28 was still in place. I hope that soon, maybe even as soon as 20 years from now, we'll be past the need to justify normal human acts such as loving another person. Maybe we'll even look back on this as something that was crazy to have happened within our lifetime. 
Thanks for listening. This show was written by, produced by, performed by, and recorded by me, Erin Twitchin. I did everything. All from a closet in my room, which is unbelievably hot and I may have fired in more than once. It is all completely self-funded and completely self-produced. As ever, the best way to support the podcast is by sharing it directly with friends or by leaving a review on iTunes. Unless you're Katie Price, in which case, sorry for the slam. <laughs> I'm really sorry. No need to tell me what you thought. If you want to be an absolute bay, you can subscribe to the Patreon or buy cute Matter of Pride merch. All links are available on my humbly titled website, www.iloveerin.co.uk. Remember to hit the subscribe button and I will speak with you next week. Love, Erin. I quite enjoyed that.